1: listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Fantasy, best friends forever
0: best yeah this is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network alongside Frankie Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, hey, what's
2: going on, bud? Frankie, hey, happy Tuesday. Not a Monday. Long weekend. You slept in a lot, Greg.
0: I did not. did it? No. no. A lot going on? It was a very busy weekend. Oh, God. Very, very busy weekend. I had a... Um, I had a good story. I'll tell later on in the show. We had engagement pictures on Saturday, right? So
2: he told us that was gonna happen. I did
0: say that, right? So Saturday, so I had a birthday party Friday night. So I slept in, but like wasn't feeling very well on Saturday morning. Then Sunday morning, we had, I just I guess I just ate a lot, so my stomach was bothering me. So I I slept. I slept five since like nine fifteen, nine thirty, but it wasn't like a great sleep. Uh, and and uh, so Sunday morning, and then yesterday. My mom's dog like, slept with us. I was like, oh, this is cute. And then it wasn't cute because she takes up too much space. I was annoyed. But I have a good story I'll tell a little bit later on uh, in the program. How would you sleep this weekend, Frank? Uh,
2: I slept quite well. It was a good weekend. Lots of barbecuing. Lots of drinking. Mm. Recovering. Uh, baseball yesterday. A ton of that. Started reading the Game of Thrones books, as I said I was going to do. So I got to catch up to Matt Modica. And with that, that, welcome in our buddy. Doesn't have the same ring. Modica Tuesday. We'll take it. We'll take it anyway. Maddie Mo, what's going Matty on, Maddie
3: Tuesdays. <laughs> oh, doing well. You know, uh, Memorial Day weekend has passed, and, uh, you know, the reassessment of your teams, where you are at and where you're going, you know, is imperative. Absolutely. The, the future is what matters. What's happened thus far
0: doesn't. not that myself.
2: Matt, did you jump in on any of those second chance leagues that they had going on over at the NFBC. I thought they were really interesting because we don't have a lot of ADP data. It's basically a madhouse. It's just like people just drafting players that they really like all over the place. And I saw some really, really interesting draft results. So those leagues are going to basically play out from here on out for the rest of the season. But, you know, as it is in the title, it's a second chance for those who had a, a not so fortunate start. Did you jump in on any of those leagues? I did not, and it was for the reasons I'm
3: pretty much you know, maxed out on my fab leagues. Uh, I like where I am in pretty much all of my leagues except for maybe one or two. One uh, which you are currently dominating. Congrats to you on that, and if I don't catch up, I wish you all the best in that one. But, you know, it's just it's so hard. I have, tw- I have two 12-team leagues that I don't even give the proper love to. Thank God they're doing really well, but I have to start focusing on them, and, you know, there's just so much that you can do, but I think it's a great concept. I was so uh, tempted to do it. The other thing was I just didn't even know where to begin to start on, like, setting up a a board for myself on where to draft all these guys.
0: Yeah, you know, I I think it's hard. It's fun, really fun in theory, but it's like you're so invested in your leagues. Like, How do you have time to then do that? I don't
2: know. Yeah, that was my thought, too. Uh, it's Greg, really fun, though. Greg Biden got the email for it, and he forwarded it to me. He says, you want to jump in on one of these? I'm, I'm, I am I got too much going on right now. You know, I got to set fab for four different, uh, five, six different leagues on Sunday nights, and just takes up so much of my time. I think I would be doing my teams a disservice if I was able to jump into another one now. So that's why I avoided it. Uh, it would have been fun to do, see where players went. I still saw some of the draft results. It's all like... These leagues were all over the place. That's why it's really fun to see where some of these players go. Like Josh Bell going in the second round. I saw Austin Riley go pick 25 overall. Greg is just absolute madness. But that's what makes it so fun to have these drafts in the middle of the season. It's like how much do you let recency bias creep into your mind and affect your uh, your drafting from here on out. So really interested to see if you want later on maybe we go over some of the ADPs to see what happened. But uh, overall, we still have to treat this like a Modica Monday, Greg. We have to recap the, the weekend that was, all the fab that was bidding. Um, you know, Cavan Biggio is a big one, Kevin Crone. Uh, we'll talk about all those guys.
0: Yeah, let's we'll talk about those guys. We'll also go over what you might have missed this weekend. I know it was more of the weekend, a lot of uh, beers and brews and barbecue. It was a beautiful weekend in New York City. And, you know, it wasn't much baseball uh, to be had for me. But uh, so we can catch uh, everybody up on what they may have missed.
2: Uh, okay. Perfect. That's pretty accurate, Craig.
0: <laughs> Let's start with the NFC. Let's start with the main event. Your main event. You got a thousand dollar Fab, the top guy off the board uh, was on Biggio. How
3: interested were you in him, Matt, and his price uh, of two oh five? What'd you think? Uh, I was interested. I didn't have the money to go anywhere near that. I, if I really needed him, I probably would have went in a fifteen percent range. Uh, if I was, you know, granted money wise eligible for it. But the guy I really wanted on Toronto is Lourdes Gouriel. He's been a guy that I've I've always liked to hit to. He cannot play defense. He was never an infielder. Uh that charade finally came to an end. And uh, you know, BGO has the possibility of, you know, giving you a 10-10, a 12-12 rest of the way. So I get it.
2: Yeah, I was interested in Biggio as well, Greggy, um, and he went for what I pretty much expected him to. You know, I had three 15-team leagues this weekend. He went for 157 in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, and then just over $200 in like that 200 to 205 range in the other two 15-teamers, and that's pretty much what I expected. I remember on Friday when we were talking about it, Greg, I said, you know, 15 to 20%, that's what I would have been bidding on him. Uh, like Matt, I don't have a lot of money left. Thank you, Carter Keyboom. Still waiting for him to get back to the majors. Don't know if it's ever going to happen, but I'm going down with that ship for sure. So I don't have a lot of money left. Um, I did have a few bids in on the Blue Jays guys. In fact, I had the I had the runner-up bid for both Kavon Biggio and Lourdes Gurriel. Uh, so Biggio went for 205 I was the runner-up at 63 so didn't really expect to get him with that bid. Uh, and then Guriel went for 44, and I had the runner-up bid of 33. So, you know, like Modica, I was, um, I was pretty interested in, in Lourdes Guriel Since he's come back, uh, you see some of the pop. And, you know, if you could get 15 to 20 home runs the rest of the way from the middle infield position, and he's also playing outfield, Greg, so he's going to give you uh, that dual position eligibility, I-, I think there's value to be had there.
0: You've been in on this Toronto lineup in general, and the more pieces that come up, the BGOs, the Gurriels, obviously Vlad before, uh, Rusty Tell- Rowdy Teles as well, and at some point maybe Vachette too, just slowly getting better together as a group, much like the Royals did uh, a good five years ago or so now. Uh, Guriel, a favorite of the experts, a favorite of, of so many in the fantasy community that have waited for him to come up and have some success, now getting another shot this year here on the word is Let's move on, gentlemen. You mentioned Kevin Crone a moment ago, Frank. How much did Crone go for you in your main event?
2: He actually went for uh, cheaper than I was expecting. He only went for $21, and that was to Modica. So, um, you know, I'll let Modica talk a little bit more about that. The problem for Kevin Crone is, you know, since he's been called up, he's only started one game. So Seems like an issue. It's been frustrating, but at the same time, uh, Christian Walker over the past month has really, really cooled off. So would it surprise me if, you know, he were demoted or if he landed on the bench moving forward and they give a shot to Kevin Crone? No, uh, it would not surprise me. So, uh, Matty Mo, how surprised were you to see that you ended up winning Kevin Crone for $21? And did you win him anywhere else as well?
3: Uh, I think I won him maybe in one. I know I definitely won him in at least one, maybe two spots. You know, basically for the same price. I, it was just a bid I put out there, you know. Maybe you get him, maybe you don't. Like you said, Christian Walker has really cooled off. And all I know about this kid is he's just been hitting home runs in the minor leagues. It's the same ball. I know different pitching. You know, the the level is a severe difference. But the kid's got some pop. Uh, he's, you know, they're, they are playing in Colorado. Hopefully he gets a start tonight. He only pitched hit last night. So, I mean, the longer Christian Walker continues not to hit, the better it is for Kron. And this team needed offense, so I'm happy to get him and hoping that he can do some damage if given the opportunity.
2: Yeah, and surprisingly, the Diamondbacks lineup, Craig, I remember right before the season, I sat in this chair, and I was bashing this lineup. I said, this is an ugly lineup. I didn't. It's been pretty good so far. Yeah, man. It's been pretty damn good so far. Kettle Marte, absolutely. Kettle Marte, man. Look, for people, years, people were touting Kettle Marte and and thought he was going to be something, and I just never saw it in the minor league numbers. um, It looks like he is a little bit more bulked up this year, that he's filled out a little bit more. He's obviously added some strength, uh, the power that he's hitting for this year, but uh, he's been otherworldly. I pulled up those Christian Walker numbers over the past 30 days, Greg. 176 batting average with a 569 OPS. Only one home run in the past 30 days. I was excited about Christian Walker. Uh, he's one of these stat cast guys where he makes a, lot of, uh, makes a lot of hard contact, doesn't make a lot of contact overall because he strikes out a lot. But it looks like uh, his time might be coming to an end, at least as a full time player, because, I mean, over the past month, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. He hasn't been good. And I think that's part of the reason why you saw uh, Kevin Crone get the promotion here. And I think it won't be long before they start to give him a shot.
0: We'll find out if Crone can get to play every single day. Or ultimately takes a step back. Uh, we saw Carly Shevsky's grandson get called up for San Francisco. Not a big time prospect by any means. Twenty eight years old, uh, but he made his debut. I saw some people bid on Fab on him. Frankie,
2: uh, I did not have any bids on him. He did not get picked up in our main event league. I think no love for Yaz, huh? I think he got picked up in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Someone picked
0: up somewhere. One of our uh, le- one of our leagues. Yeah, it might have
2: been GSC actually then.
0: Maybe the GDD also, uh, but Yaz has played two games so far. Uh, he is yeah. three for seven, with two yeah. runs scored, and uh, yeah, it was yeah.
2: in the uh, in the GSC league. It was by uh, our favorite Billy Hayes. Nice, a big Yaz guy. He's got three hits in uh, seven at bats so far. Look, we know that the Giants' offense has just been abysmal, and I know I saw you tweeting about uh, Mac Williamson over the weekend, Manny yeah. Moe, and how about how you're giving up on him, and and rightfully so. I mean, he's just been a disaster. But uh, it looks like uh, the Yaz man here. Gonna get a little bit of a shot. Did you did you have any interest, especially in deeper leagues?
3: Uh, I didn't bid on him anywhere neither. As you said, he's twenty nine years old. Uh, you know, what really rings out is he's the grandson or whatever of uh Yaz. So that's his you know, best attribute, I guess, right now. Otherwise nobody would really have even picked him up, let's be honest. So, yeah, not right now. I going to have to see if, you know, he gets into there. Uh, I felt good. You know, Mac Williamson was somebody like $20, $30. I acquired pretty much everywhere, but a 36.2 strikeout percentage is not going to cut it.
2: <laughs> yeah. And looking at the minor league numbers for Yaz, I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, he's 28 years old, so not really a prospect. He's kind of just been like a journeyman in the minors thus far, but he was hitting three 12 homers, uh, an OPS over a thousand in the minors, but it seems like everybody is doing something <laughs> like that in AAA this year. I mean, the way that, uh, you know, we were talking with Floria about this. He says, you know, every prospect that he looks up, he, he's got a right. Career high ISO. Career high ISO. 100 Because is just flying out in the minor leagues. And while we're on that, Matt, is there something that I don't know about the Houston Astros right now? Is there another deadline that we're waiting for to pass here? Because I just can't for the life of me understand why Kyle Tucker is not on this roster, especially after the injury to George Springer. That being said, Derek Fisher has actually looked quite competent, uh, you know, since he's been called up. But still... Kyle Tucker's May was an awesome one in the minors, and, and I'm just trying to figure out why he did not get the call when George Springer went down. Do you do you know anything well, on the this? I
3: gotta, the Springer injury is not as severe as first initially assumed. Uh, maybe uh, the other thing is they want to showcase Fisher here to move him. Uh, and, yeah, that that's the only thing I can say for Tucker. As for Alvarez, I think eventually... He's like the DH first base slash that position. So I think if this would have happened, say, middle of June, maybe things would have been different because there's still maybe some uh, time consideration for the players. So we'll see. I, You know, Houston's that good that they don't have to
2: force the issue. True, but I'm sure wishing that they would. You know, Matty Mo? <laughs> yeah, I got a few shares of Kyle Tucker, man. I really want to see him up here already.
0: <laughs> yeah, so when I saw that Derek Fisher was called up again, and it actually brought me back to, what, it was two years ago, Derek Fisher was the uh, the apple of everyone's eye, right? All wanted, I, I was in on Derek Fisher. I liked him, too. All you wanted was to see Derek Fisher get up and get a, an opportunity. And last year, that was Kyle Tucker. And now this year, it's Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker uh, still for you. I was surprised when Tucker didn't get the call here. Uh, Springer, despite the injury not being as significant as we thought, it still agreed to hamstring strain, I believe. And that means... He's not coming back for a while. So, you know, it's not as significant, but it certainly opens up a lot of playing time. We've seen a lot of Jake Marisnik. We're going to see a lot of Derek Fisher. I'm surprised Kyle Tucker didn't get the call here, Frank. I really am.
2: Yeah, me too. Uh, I know I saw some people picking up uh, Jake Marisnik as well. Look, I understand trying to just get any exposure to a really good lineup that you possibly can. Uh, I didn't see anyone pick up Derek Fisher, but I did see a few people pick up Jake Marisnyk. Uh, Matt, were you in on either of those guys?
3: No, I was not. Uh, I had some other guys I was looking at. I was trying to get, actually, Albert Elmore, wherever he was still available. I did not succeed on that one. But they did say Marisnik is going to play. I mean, the defense, uh, you know, he can can glove it really well. You know, he made a beautiful catch last week, too. I don't know how sustainable it is with his offense. I don't care how good the Astros' offense is. You know, you can get hot for a week or two here. I do believe Fisher will get, you know, somewhat of a look though. I, I I have to think. I think they're really looking to make him one of the pieces that they can move to fulfill another need in their team.
2: Yeah, whether that need is, you know, 2. going out and trying to get like a bum garner or whatever it might be. I could see them, you know, at the deadline doing that. But you know, over the past two games, Derek Fisher here has three hits and seven at bats. He's got an RBI as well. And he was someone that we were touting a couple of years ago. So no, this weekend it'll be interesting to see how much he goes for, but I didn't really see him get picked up anywhere uh, yet, Greg. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Derek
0: Fisher is yeah. definitely a name he but, can i an eye
2: on. And w- and with Al- Albert Almora, yes. I've been on for a few weeks. Now. You have I picked been. him up in the main event like two weeks ago, and I've been kind of just reaping all these rewards. Guy's been hitting bombs. He's been in the lineup. It's you know uh, more cheap exposure to another really good lineup with the with the Chicago Cubs. Uh, the underlying batted ball numbers are not great, but this is a guy who rarely strikes out, Greg. A 16% strikeout rate for Albert Almora, so at least he's putting the ball in play. Already has seven home runs. He's one home run off of his career high for a season, and he's only played 50 games, so you know maybe Albert is uh, finally putting something together here.
0: It's, poten- it's potentially so. Remember, Albert Almora was a top prospect for Chicago. I know that gets forgotten about a lot. More so all the known other- for
2: his defense, though.
0: Yes, but given all the other names, I think we forgot- forget the prowess that he had coming up. Alvaro Amora has gotten an opportunity to play every day over the last couple of seasons and now certainly finds himself in the middle of a hot streak. We'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll let you know what's going on in Philadelphia and what we should do about it, as well as hitting on some of these other players that were picked up over this weekend's Stick around. More of your BFFs right after this.
4: 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet's also offers its own betting concept where customers, they're rewarded by how much they win their bet. That's points. Com forward slash grid. Enter the promo code grid and get your two risk free bets of up to one thousand dollars today.
0: Continuing on here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Frank Stamford, Matt Modica, Greg Sussman here with you. And the breaking news that we had as we went on the air, it's been confirmed by multiple sources, Matt Gelb uh, had it as well. Odul Herrera was arrested last night, not even late last night, but arrested about 8.30 last night, uh, being accused of domestic violence against his 20-year-old girlfriend. I believe it was in AC. Uh, not a great look, uh, Obviously, by by any means, she had bruises on her arms and her neck, it looks like. I don't know why Odubo was hitting a 20-year-old, but nevertheless, he was at the Golden Nugget. I assume the the Phillies actually were off yesterday, one of the few teams that were off yesterday. Uh, I can't imagine that this will be taken lightly or Odubo will play tonight. Uh, So not great news for him, his fantasy owners, and certainly the Philadelphia Phillies. From a fantasy perspective, Frank, and a gambling perspective, of course, what happens? What changes? Who's, Who's the center fielder now in Philadelphia?
2: Uh my guess is it would probably be Scott Kingery. He's filled in at center field already a few times and uh, this was someone that we were excited about earlier on the season. I feel like he hasn't made much noise since uh returning from injury, but let's not forget the type of upside that Scott Kingery possessed in in the past. You know, just last year. I mean, this was a guy who was a near 30-30 player in the minor leagues uh in that would have been 2017, so we were excited about him last year. Obviously, the Phillies were as well. They gave him the extension before he even played a major league game, but I would look to Scott Kingery. I would imagine that you know he gets more consistent playing time here. Uh, not that he wasn't, but it's probably even more solidified now with uh, what's going on here with Oduble Herrera. Matty Moe, uh, you, do you have any interest in Kingery now? Did you have interest? Uh, is there anyone else on your radar here when it comes to Philly?
3: Yeah, I mean, I had interesting in Kingery the, the previous week, but he was going for in you know, a couple of leagues. He went over for $100, and I just couldn't compete with those bids because there was talk he was going to get more playing time. He came back from the injury. He looked good right before he got injured, as you previously mentioned, the pedigree here. So, uh, yeah, this just opens the door. I don't even think. You're going to see Odubel Herrera back with the Phillies this year. Or, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate beyond that. But I'm sure he's going to get that. The league's going to put him on administrative leave immediately. And what I'm hearing with these bruises that, you know, these are evident bruises. Not like, you know, so, uh, you know, you can't hit women. There's never a right time for that. And at some point in time, all sports has to take the hammer down on these people.
0: Yeah, it's it's really ridiculous already. I don't understand it. Um yeah,
2: and it's across all sports too. It's, it's, it's like cr- it's really unfortunate. Life, really. It's just it's it's insane what's going on. It's I mean even there's just no excuse. I, I can't even imagine something in my mind. It's just so crazy. Like it goes on, it happens in football, it happens in baseball, it happens across all sports. Way too often. It's just it's really unfortunate. Um you know, we were talking about Kingery a little bit earlier and I mentioned I don't really know what he's done since he's returned because I, I personally, I don't have any shares, but I'm, I'm looking at it now. Greg, 292 batting average, since returning seven hits and 25 plate appearances, uh, one still on base, a 36% K rate since returning though. So that's something to pay attention to. I remember earlier on the season, um, I was intrigued because he wasn't striking out nearly as much as he was last year. So uh, it's something to pay attention to. But again, we're talking about cheap exposure to really, really good lineups. We mentioned the Astros, the Cubs, Albert Almora, Scott Kingery, just another one. Uh, where you could get some exposure to the Philadelphia Phillies lineup. Really good ballpark to hit in as well.
0: Of course, other names that have filled in that center field at times, with Oduble being out, Nick Williams uh, and Roman Quinn come to mind as well, two players that could get opportunities.
2: Yeah, not nearly as much upside, though. Roman Quinn, uh, he has the speed, Speed. Uh maybe some stolen bases. But, you know, Nick Williams, he popped off, what was it, like two, three years ago now? uh, But since then, you know, has struggled to find consistent playing time. And even earlier on this year, when he was getting some playing time, really didn't do much with it. So I, I think this is really Scott Kingery's job to lose right
0: now. I agree with you. Scott Kingery probably will get the first opportunity there uh, in Philadelphia.
2: I wonder how much eligibility he has in Yahoo. I got to look this up. Third base I mean, shortstop. Alfred, uh, th- so pretty damn good. Can I make a
3: quick point? Yes. Just with, like you said with like, Kingery coming back from the injury, the 36% uh, percent strikeout rate. And, and Clint Frazier really got you know re- saved by the Baltimore Orioles uh, you know, going to Camden Yards. I, I'm heavily invested in Frazier. I was really nervous when he came back from the injury. We're striking out just over 30% of the time and stuff. And he kind of got right facing the Orioles as pretty much all the Yankees do. So when the, when these guys get injured, it's, except for Austin Meadows, everybody seems to, you know, have that initial struggle. Maybe they come back a little too soon. We're seeing it with Trey Turner, another guy, but, you know, it's, it's about the playing time, and this thing for Kingery, if you can get him in a deeper league, I'm not saying you need him in a shallower one, but in a deeper one, it, it does make sense.
2: Yeah, I think especially in, in these daily lineup leagues too, Greggy as well, in Yahoo, where he has that third-base shortstop outfield eligibility, you can seemingly plug him anywhere in your lineup. And I did want to mention Clint Frazier too. Uh, we were going to get to him a little bit later on in the show, but I think it's worth mentioning now sure. that... Uh, you're right, you're right, Matt, that it, sometimes it takes time for these younger players to come back from injury, uh, aside from Austin Meadows, who is just inhuman right now. Uh, but <laughs> Quinn Frazier, over the past week, batting three eighty-five with four home runs, obviously a lot of that has to do with the Baltimore Royals pitching, uh, but he also hit a home run against uh, Kansas City Roy- No, no, he hit a home run yesterday as well, off of Matt Strom. Uh, so, you know, um, he's coming around a little bit. Last seven days, batting almost four hundred with four homers. So uh, it's good to see because... You know, if Aaron Judge and if Giancarlo Stanton ever decide to make their way back to the Bronx, I'm going to be interested to see what happens with playing time here, Greg.
0: Understandably so, especially because Clint Frazier cannot field. He's, the, the, he's You've the, always <laughs> pulled him
2: in late game situations too. For yeah. a defensive
0: understandably so, he is. I read an article today, the worst fielder in baseball. Really? Worst outfielder in baseball. Really? Yeah. He he's worse than Domingo Santana, who I think was the second worst.
2: He's really bad. Yeah, too. you know he's awful. Wow.
0: Um, and he's I forget who the third worst is now, but like he's another guy that like you know is a really bad fielder. No,
2: and he and he's made some really really bad plays in the field. Like we watched that earlier on in the season where it's like you know fly balls hit at him, where him and Brett Gardner are looking at each other, and other times where it's hitting off of his glove. But I think of uh, I think a lot of it was mental. I really don't think he's that bad of a fielder. Like. He came up two, three years ago, and he was actually making some pretty impressive plays. So I think a lot of it is mental right now. And you know what they say, right? Like, once you start struggling in the field, the ball always finds you. And it seems like that's been a lot of the case here for Clint Frazier. But, wow, it's interesting to bring up the fact that he is rated the worst defensive outfielder in baseball. And I think, listen, and I think
0: because of that, you're going to when Judge and Stanton. If Judge and Stanton
2: come back, Stanton's not a good fielder, though, either. Judge actually is. For a guy his size, like Judge... Judge makes some pretty, play field. pretty impressive plays, but Stanton is not a good fielder, and you know for a guy that big, he's got a noodle for an arm too. I mean, I mean, who? Everything that's going on with him right now, who even knows? I mean, shoulder, bicep, calf. Well, yeah. well, well Frank, you, you, I think Aaron Judge is actually going to be back before him, Greg. You mentioned
0: the Yankees and one Yankee that seems to be back before both Judge and Stanton. I don't think we would have predicted this one. Is Didi Gregorius, who is moving up his rehab today to Triple A, and Aaron Boone said we expect him to be back in about a week or two. I believe the Yankees have a six-game road trip uh, next week, starting next Tuesday, so the whole week is away, and then they come back, I assume, to the Bronx. I, I think there's a chance that he's back for the road trip, and if not, he'll be back for the uh, a-, a week later. Didi's coming back. If he's out there, I-, I think he's obviously worth adding, given how good he is, but we coming off the IL, missing uh, the first two months of the year, I do expect there to be some uh, getting back in your groove. There will be an early period of adjustment for him. But if he's out there. you got to pick him up.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And he went for $132 in the main event this past week. Surprised he was, I was surprised he was available this week. Yeah, and, you know, I'm mad at myself because for weeks I was looking at him. I, I wanted to pick him up. But just the way that my team is constructed right now, I couldn't afford to drop anyone on my bench. Greg, you know I'm a Jimmy Nelson guy. I've been stashing him all year. I wasn't going to drop him for D.D., and I have Aaron Judge as well. So I have a few injured players on my team, and I just didn't really have an opportunity to stash. Every time I've been dropping a middle infielder, it's been for another middle infielder that I need to put into my lineup. That was the case this week as well, where I picked up Luis Rengifo. Looks like he's going to play every single day as long as Andrelton Simmons is out. So I needed someone in my lineup, and I've been looking at Didi's name for weeks, but I just couldn't pull the trigger because I didn't have a spot to stash him. But if he was available, if he's still available in your league, you should because this is a guy whose swing is perfectly built for Yankee Stadium, Matt. Even if he comes back and isn't himself right away, I mean, it just seems like when he gets the barrel on the on the ball in Yankee Stadium, even if it looks like a lazy fly ball, it flies, it flies out. It flies out for Didi. So it's just a match made heaven his swing for Yankee Stadium, uh, and it wouldn't be surprised me if, like Lourdes Gurriel, there's another another middle infielder who gives you maybe you know 15 plus 15 to 20 home runs the rest of the way. Uh, do you have interest in DD and, and are you stashing him anywhere? Did you pick him up anywhere this week, Matt?
3: Uh, I was bidding on him, and kind of like you, it was every week, is this the week I go get, get him or not? And there was another, you know, need or another player I went after and didn't do it, so, you know, rightly deserve what I got there. You're correct about the swing. Last season, I did the first 10 home runs he hit in that, like, you know, epic first two months he had. I think nine of the first ten home runs were at Yankee Stadium. So it really is, you know, made for him. And that, and look, you're going to get a guy, Greg's right, he's probably going to be a little rusty and stuff, even with the reps you get at the minors. But, uh, you know, you're getting a piece of this offense. And I'm with you. I think Aaron Judge is coming back before Stanton because, I don't know, he gets like a mystery injury every other, every other day. So the fact that he's not even doing baseball activities. I think Judge has a better shot coming there. And at some point, the Yankee this whole offense is going to be at full strength. So, yeah, you definitely want to be involved. Getting on D.D. Gregorius right now, and he's definitely a streaky player, but as we saw last, I guess
0: it was April or May, where he was hitting a home run every single day. It was ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, He has that ability to carry your team, get stupidly hot. Make sure you have him in your lineup uh, when he does come back, which, as we said, could be as soon as next week. Um let's continue on guys with some of these players that went here in the main event. A name that we threw out throughout a lot here Frankie uh, was Cam Broxton and you actually grabbed him in the main event. he played in Colorado this past weekend and hit a home run. Uh, what did Cam Broxton could give you going forward?
2: Uh, just interesting power speed combination and it, it's a guy that's struggled to find playing time throughout his career, but he has a 2020 season under his belt this is a guy that is going to hurt your batting average we know that so it's a it's a roster construction play you have to realize when adding Keon Brocks in that he's probably going to be you know a sub 250 hitter probably closer like the 220 230 range but he does have an interesting power speed combination and we're already seeing it Greg you know the guy has 16 at bats with the Orioles so far he's got a home run and a stolen base he stole a base yesterday too so uh, i think this is just a guy that's uh, been trying to find playing time for a while I picked him up in both the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational and the Main Event League for $8 out of 1000 So that's obviously less than 1%. But if you play in a roto league and you can afford to take the hit on batting average, you need power speed. I do think Keon Broxton is interesting. And he plays in a really good ballpark in Camden Yards too. So uh, just even more interest there as well. They have some prospects that are going to come up and play outfield for them. Use the Neil Diaz, Alston Hayes. But those guys are not center fielders. I think Keon Broxton, if, as long as he performs, his playing time is pretty safe, Matt.
3: Yeah, no, I, I think it's, you know, it's all about performance. And if he can, you know, hit the ball enough to stay on the field, he's going to get the opportunity. Uh, Cedric Mullins was doing better earlier in the month. I think he cooled off a bit. Uh, I guess he would be next in line for, for that. But they're going to give Broxton a look here and uh we'll see how that goes you made the, you know correct points he, he the ballpark and everything he was a small conditional bid on a couple of my teams and it and, and never got to that uh you know but i don't have a problem with you know for eight dollars i think that's fine
2: yeah it's a good point bringing up cedric Mullins as well i did omit that when i mentioned you know they have some younger players in their system he's still only 24 years old and now, who's to say that Keon Broxton can't do some of what we were expecting Cedric Mullins to do, right? Like I expected Cedric Mullins to be you know, not a great batting average, maybe a 250 hitter. I did have a few shares of him coming into the year, maybe 15 homers, 15 stolen bases, something like that from Mullins. You know, Who's to say that Keon Broxton uh, might be able to fill in that role and, and produce something similar to what we were expecting there, but uh, it is worth mentioning, Matt's right, that Cedric Mullins in the month of May, uh, still just hitting 220 at the AAA level, has three homers, but uh, hasn't been able to figure out the batting average both in the majors and in the minors, Greg.
0: Reminds me of Alex Smith, who hasn't been able to figure out the average Oh, the
2: Greggy, you can't do that. I mean, after what Malik Smith did last night. Come on, Greggy. <laughs>
0: Four steals last night that from Malik Smith. It was Smith.
2: ridiculous, too. If you watched, the stole second immediately. Next pitch, steals third base. Uh, Mitch Hanniger walks, and then he's watching the pitcher closely, a left-handed pitcher, so he can get a little bit more of a jump down the line. As soon as he breaks to throw the ball to first, Malik Smith is off. And by the time they throw first to home, he's already scored. It was ridiculous, Greg. It was it was so fun to watch. I mean, that, that's the type of player Malik Smith can be. And I never thought that I would end up being a Malik Smith you know, advocate by any means. But if you look at the underlying numbers, his BABIP this year is .244. He's a career .338 BABIP. Yes, he's hitting 176, but... I just can't imagine that he's going to keep this up. He is striking out a lot, but, I mean, he's been really, really unlucky in terms of the BABIP. So, I've been the Malik Smith guy. I don't know how it happened, but I'm just going to go down with the ship. I think the batting average is going to get better, and clearly the speed is top-notch, as we saw last night. So, We're rooting for you, Malik.
3: I think what he's got on his side real quick is the fact that Seattle, you know, they got off to that hot start, but they're, you know, they're underwater now. And why wouldn't you play Malik Smith? I don't understand. Like, what what, what are your other options? Yeah, he's twenty six years old. Kid, you know, and you know the the thing here is like you mentioned the strikeouts. As long as he's not striking out at thirty percent or more, he'll be effective. He'll steal bases and do what you need him to do.
2: Yeah, and that's been the biggest issue for him aside from the BABIP. He does have a thirty percent strikeout rate right now, Matt, which which is problematic for him. It's mm-hmm. it's very Billy Hamilton esque. But if you look at his numbers in years past, he was never, uh, you know, a 30% strikeout guy. Not a great contact hitter, but, you know, he's been around 21%, 22% for his career, which is actually pretty close to league average. So I would imagine these things uh, start to start to normalize a little bit. The K-ray comes down, the Babbitt goes up, and we see that batting average start to jump a little bit from Alex Smith.
0: I just watched what Malik Smith did last night. Very, very impressive. It was very it
2: was cool. <laughs> it was ridiculous.
0: Very, very cool uh, from Malik Smith. The Lionel DeShields uh, doesn't seem to be doing that.
2: By the way, the. I hate to line up the shields too, Greg? I do hate to line up
0: the shields. I hate
2: stolen bases.
0: Oduval Herrera has been place on the administrative leave as expected. Matt, uh, he's under, under baseball's domestic violence policy. He'll be a- inactive for up to the next seven days. Investigators are looking into the incident. And that's where we stay with Oduble Herrera.
2: I mean, it's not surprising. This is, uh, these are the steps that they need to take, and, uh, and rightfully so. So uh, we'll see what happens here for the Phillies.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who else do you want to highlight, Frank, before we hit the break of players that were picked up that you want to
2: mention? I think it was worth mentioning uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. This is someone that was uh, people were excited about heading into the year, uh, talked about changing his swing throughout the offseason that he was working with uh, J.D. Martinez and and all this. And, you know, look early on, uh, the first couple of months, I mean, even now, the surface numbers are not good for Jackie Bradley, but... You know, in a five outfielder, you know, 15-team roto league, um, when, whenever you can pick someone up who is seemingly going to play most of the time for Boston um, and, and does have some upside. We've seen him in the past have that upside. Uh, and he's performing quite re- well recently. I think it was worth highlighting um, a player like Jackie Bradley. Uh, Matt, did you have any bids in on Jackie Bradley? Were, was he available in any of your other leagues? I don't know that he's, like, I must-add in a 12-teamer, but... In a fifteen-teamer, he probably shouldn't have been a free agent. Real quick, Matt. Yeah, no, I was just asking. All right, we'll take
0: a break. We'll come back. We'll get more from Matt on JVJ.
3: Go to
1: gamefacegrooming. for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after.
2: Dan Johnson uh, joins us. NBA uh, prediction. Are you looking forward to this finals?
4: I don't like the Raptors. They bore me. Good for them. And uh, Toronto certainly starved. So good for them. It's not enough drama from better. the Raptors
3: for you, Dan. Come on. They're, they're they're professionals.
4: I know. No, you're right. You're right. It just uh, it sucks all the air out of it for me. So I I'm not as intrigued as I would have been if it had been uh,
1: the Celtics and Sixers or the Bucks. So good luck to the Raptors. But I'm not interested. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on Edison TSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
0: I know that we were um, go, close to the break there. We threw it to Matt for his JVJ thoughts here yeah. with with the uh, Boston Red Sox. Had a little bit of hype, of course, coming into the year. Got off to a slow start. JVJ, another one of these really streaky players, and you see that those hot streaks every year.
3: Matt, what was your um, what was your take on JVJ? No, I, I would like to add him. I see that he's available in at least one or two of my other leagues, and I will be putting some small bids on him. Uh, he's going to play every day. It's it's one of those things like, you know, his defense. And we saw what he can do. So for a small investment, if you have the roster space, why wouldn't you do it? Uh, You know, he, he can steal some bases as well as as the pop that he has in his game. You get exposure to the Red Sox lineup. So, you know, unless you're just overflowing or you have the injuries on your bench of guys you can't drop. That's a different story, but otherwise, yeah. I'll get into the JBJ business. JBJ is a guy that I guess we mentioned it we mentioned it
0: last week, Frank. I don't remember who it was now. That oh man. Oh, it wasn't last week. I know exactly what I was gonna say. It was Anthony Desclafani, who like, at some point every year you, you kinda of talk yourself into him and you yeah, pick yeah, him yeah. up and then he stinks. That's kind of me with JBJ. There's a lot
2: of players like that. Mark is another one too. Like we do this every year. I don't. Where,
0: I don't ever do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we
2: did. We actually own him on a team together. This year we do, but I don't like do it every year. Yeah. Um.
0: But that's what JBJ is for me. Like he gets hot, I pick him up, and then he just goes in like a month long binge where he doesn't get hit. So like right now I like, enjoy it for sure.
2: Yeah. Pick him up now, well, so you can be part of that month long where he's hot, and yes. when he goes cold for a month, then then that's when you drop him. But. Uh, Yeah, over the past seven days for uh, JBJ, batting three hundred eight with two home runs. So, uh, we've seen it. He's a streaky guy, and, you know, let's not forget why people were excited about him coming into the year. So, uh, let's see if it can come to fruition. Again, I think that's been like a a theme of today is, you know, lower-level players that give you cheap exposure to really good ballparks and really good lineups, and we've seen that now. Al with the Cubs and, you know, any of the Astros guys, Derek Fisher, Jake Marisnyk, uh, JBJ with the Red Sox. So, you know, it's just a way to get cheap exposure to these really good lineups. Not that they're must ads, but you know, when we're, when we're talking about you know, 14 teamers, 15 teamers, or deeper, then you know, these are these are some of the free agents that are going to be available for you.
0: No doubt, no doubt about it. Here, um, Matt, we get this question a lot, so I wanted to pose it to you. A guy like Renato Nunez is scorchingly hot, right? Five home runs in his last six games. I know he was in Colorado and then facing the Yankees, but five out of six ain't bad, obviously. But Venture and I were talking earlier this morning, and I actually picked him up in in, in our pit league. And Venture's like, you know what? I had the chance to pick him up, and I was like, the best has already probably happened. Like he's not gonna do this again. I already missed out on the hot streak. How do you handle that when you see a guy like Nunez who's so hot, he's out there and available? But you know it's, hey, it's, it's not a play that's all that good. It's Renato Nunez. How do you handle that on the waiver wire? Do you pick him up or do you be like, you know what, I
3: probably missed it? Uh, earlier this morning when I was going through who was uh, dropped and stuff, he was dropped in one of the leagues. I will put a bid on him. He's more of a guy that you play at home, except when he goes to course Field or something sure. like that. But, you know— if you can use him in that fashion, you have the roster construction to do something like that, or you play like in an NFB style league where, you know, it's Monday through Thursday and then Friday through Saturday and you can play matchups or you can play individual series, then yeah, why I mean, why wouldn't you do it if you can get him? He's not going to cost you a ton of money. That's always the thing. It's not going to cost you a ton of capital. And the other thing you got to realize is look, we got 4 months of baseball left. And even the Christian Yellocks and the Cody Bellingers, who have just been on fire, they can't keep this up for the next four months. They're going to have downturns in the season. And some of the guys that haven't performed yet, who we expected to, are going to have a two-month tear. Or, you know, at least a six-week run where they just really fill up the stat sheet. So, you you know, you got to look at it. That's what was great about that second-chance league. It gives you the opportunity to take advantage of certain situations like that. So, you know, that's my main point is we have four months of baseball left. Hardly, if ever, do people go six months straight just being unconscious. Like Cody Bellinger right now is unconscious. Josh Bell, who I love, is unconscious. But they will hit, you know, slumps at some point.
2: Yeah, and I think one of those players who, you know, you mentioned um, for the rest of the season we might get a hot streak. Malik Smith, baby. Oh, Let's God, Greg. come Malik on, Smith. man. But when it comes to Renato Nunez, he is doing some nice things, Greg. You know, we we talk about the, uh, the 40-40 club that uh, Florio dubbed last year. 41% hard hit rate for Renato Nunez, 47% fly ball rate. Those things are going to play well, especially in a ballpark like Camden Yards. So... Uh, I think where you picked him up in a head-to-head league makes a lot of sense. You could see who he's facing. If he's facing a lefty, if he's playing at home, those are situations that you're going to want to take advantage of. Um, and I think it, it kind of plays off of what Matt said, too, where if you play in the NFBC where you could pay attention to specific series where players are playing. Like, we all knew last week, if you could pick up some Baltimore players for that weekend series against Colorado, it made a lot of sense. And Renato Nunez obviously prospered because of that. But, you know, whenever he's home, whenever he's facing off a lefty, if you pay attention to the matchups, those are going to be the spots where you want to use Renato Nunez.
0: Absolutely. And I think Renato Nunez is a guy that you write, you plug in, you play. Both of you guys, I mean, hit this one on the head. The guys aren't always going to remain hot. You get him in there now, and you hope you you caught it, ultimately. You hope you catch that lightning in a bottle, and you play him when the situation uh, calls for it. All right, um... Let me ask about the relievers here from this week. Uh, Scott Oberg went for $21 in your league. I think he blew a save over the weekend, right, Oberg did?
2: Uh, he either blew a save or came in a, a tie game and got bombed. But, yes, he got bombed. <laughs>
0: okay, that's, not, that's,
2: that's obviously <laughs> that's the what I was pushing the story, yes, <laughs> yes.
0: So, so, Oberg gets bombed. I know Sean Newcomb was a big topic last week. Newcomb uh, has allowed runs his last couple of outings as Luke Jackson uh, once again solidified that closer role. Although... Kirk, Kirk Kimber. Craig Kimbrell could be on this team as soon as this time next week. So again, uh, we will see.
2: Um, Scott I, Oberg did blow a save on yeah, okay. Sunday, Greg.
0: Any other relievers here that matter from this week? No, right?
2: I will say right now, if you have like a first come first serve, and this is a really really gross situation, and I understand that, oh, but go. I can't wait. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles, Greg, your favorite team, the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Greg is not a fan of the Baltimore Orioles bullpen, and rightfully so, but uh, Greg, we're desperate for saves, and, you know, I think it's just worth mentioning that uh, they're going to move away from Michael Gibbons. Yesterday, Sean Armstrong converted a save for them. Uh, The gentleman that I was looking at for the Baltimore Orioles was Josh Lucas, who, um, he's had, like, this multi ending reliever role thus far, and, you know, he's got 11 strikeouts Mm -hmm. and and 10 and a third innings pitched, so... Uh, Those are just a few names. I'll throw them out there. Sean Armstrong, uh, Josh Lucas, but Scott Oberg, I think, was one of the top reliever ads Uh, this weekend. It seems like it's more of a uh, short-term injury for Wade Davis. At least that's how Dr. Mm -hmm. A made it sound. Uh, And then there's Sean Newcomb, but I don't really think there's much there. I think uh, Craig Kimbrell will ultimately end up with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Matt, is there anything else that you saw in terms of bullpens? Were you in on any of these relievers? How would it go for you this weekend?
3: No, not really. I had a you know couple of very small bids on Oberg. Just I mean, Wade Davis had the Leafs thrown for the third consecutive day and stuff. It's Colorado, and you know, I really I wanted no part of Wade Davis this year. So I don't know if I really want to be in the Scott Oberg business. <laughs> really want to in, with. in the Scott Oberg business. Okay,
0: we got 10 minutes to go with Matty Moe here. So, Matt, the two-star pitchers that you like this week, which you could read, of course, on The Athletic, I guess we passed that already because yeah. it's not Monday. But who were you in on? Who still starts maybe today? Like, what? Wh- wh- who did you like this week?
3: Well, one thing I do want to touch on from last night sure. is Mitch Keller. Yeah. I know he got obliterated in the, you know, first handful of bad he faced gave up the Grand Slam to Iglesias and stuff. But after that, he wound up striking out six of the last 11 batters he faced. I haven't watched it yet. I do want to watch the archived version of it. So if somebody picked him up, dropped him and stuff, look, what you're looking for right now, I'm not saying this kid's going to be great. He's a rookie and everything. But if you can get a pitcher that can be at least adequate rest of the season and deliver strikeouts, which I think the kid can do, and, you know, from what I heard, I talked to a couple of Reds fans who I trust. They they, they even said after that, you know, first inning, he had plus stuff and he looked good. And he, that's another attribute. The kid got totally destroyed. But you, you got to take into consideration the nerves must have been sky high for him. And to settle down, to stay in and pitch through four innings after, you know, whatever, five batters, it was six nothing or something like that. Uh, is somebody that I would keep an eye on and can maybe help you out with some strikeouts with all these other pitchers going down right now of uh, you know r- recently.
0: I love it. Matt is just, just looking for the the bright side of, of things, and and he wasn't the only one. I actually saw this on Twitter a lot that after that first inning, he allows the grand slam. That Keller really did settle down. and Maybe he will get another opportunity later this weekend. So if you're in a a daily transaction league or your format, frankly, you have waivers several times a week. If Keller gets dropped, he's probably worth picking up.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure, and uh, he actually went for $14 out of $100 in, in one of my home leagues this week, and I actually thought you know, that was a pretty aggressive bid just because we didn't know if he was going to stick around after the start. Uh, by all means, I've looked this up, man. I don't, I don't know if, you, if you've seen anything, but after the start, he was not sent down, and they are still dealing with injuries to Trevor Williams. Obviously, Jamison Tyone is not in the rotation right now, So, uh, and Chris Archer has just been god-awful, so they need help with the pitching staff. And, uh, you know, Mitch Keller, I was surprised that they let him get through this first inning because they batted around. You know, they, they, they sent up, uh, let's see, 11 batters in the first inning, but he really did settle down. And to have seven strikeouts over four innings, uh, it was impressive. I'm surprised that they let him stick through that first inning. But uh, by all accounts, Matt, I didn't see him get sent down after this game. So I would have to imagine that, at least for the short term, he is going to stick in the rotation unless there's another corresponding move coming. No, I, I think he's going to stay. I had him for the two start week. I said YOLO. I'm
3: going to start it. <laughs> it was Cincinnati and Milwaukee on the on at home, not at Milwaukee, which is a different team. So this kid's going to get you strikeouts. The one thing I'm worried about is the walks. That's been a, uh, a bugaboo of his. But I, I think he was one of the more talented arms that was, you know, that's out there in the minors. Still, a couple of other names. But, you know, somebody that, you know, if you at this point in time, look what Noah Syndergaard's doing every every week, every week. I'm getting more and more frustrated. And you're just watching these aces fail. So you're trying to catch you got to take on some more risk right now and try to catch that, you know, lightning in a bottle or somebody, like I said, that can give you the strikeouts. I think, you know, I think he's going to stay in this rotation. Uh, Nick Kingham isn't the answer and stuff like that. I know they had a doubleheader yesterday. But, you know, you're going to have to take some chances going forward.
2: I think it's worth bringing up another pitching prospect as well, Greg, someone I saw people be very aggressive on this weekend, and that was Alex Reyes with the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, you know, they've dealt with some injuries in their rotation as well. And it seems like, you know, since breaking his hand or uh, broke a, a, a pinky or a finger on his hand, um, they're stretching out to come back as a starting pitcher into the rotation for the St. Louis Cardinals. So... Uh, he's made one start uh, down in uh, during this rehab that he's going through and five innings pitched, one run, six strikeouts. I saw the fastball touching 97, 98 miles per hour. Matt, were you in on Alex Reyes at all this weekend where he was available or are you just not doing the Alex Reyes thing again? No, no. I
3: acquired Alex Reyes for cheap anywhere they would allow me to get him at, that, at a cheap price. Uh, I think the Michael Walker move to the bullpen was inevitable. They had to do that. At some point, they got to have to sit down with Adam Wainwright. You know, they got Reyes. They got uh, Ponce de Leon. Uh, Gomber right now is, I think, a little banged up, but he should be back in a couple of weeks. I think these pitches are all better than an Adam Wainwright currently and stuff. So, yeah, I'm very excited about the prospect of Reyes now. With the Walker move and I think the impending Wainwright move at some point, they're going to say this is best for the team. This kid was one of the most sought-after prospects for a long time. You know, the shoulder injury last year, punching a wall this year, you know, extremely frustrating. But the fact that he's getting on track now to be a starter again is super encouraging. If you can stash, like say you're in a Yahoo League and you have that N.A. option, I would put him on there if he's out there. And, you know, if you, have that, if, you have the, if you can afford it, put him on the uh, bench.
2: Yeah, so in Yahoo right now, 24% owned, and Alex Reyes is 37% owned on CBS Sports, Greg. So he's
0: widely available. Reyes is there if you want to be able to just hold on to when he gets back in that rotation, gets called up. You know, Reyes had both problems, both physically, mechanically, and mentally as well. So uh, I agree with Matt. It's coming. I don't know how soon, though.
2: Yeah, I actually think it's sooner rather than later. Okay. Uh, over on Roster Resource, they, ha- they, ha- they have uh, Genesis Cabrera will start on Wednesday. Tomorrow, yeah. May 29th. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he makes an- another start and Alex Reyes makes uh, another rehab start. And then, you know, the next time through the rotation, maybe we see Alex Reyes or, or, or uh, two more times through the rotation, we'll see him. But I actually, I actually think we're, we're sooner rather than later here, Greg, when it comes to Alex Reyes. They're I hope so. Out. They let him throw 70 pitches in that, in that latest rehab start. Don't need him to go you know, all that deep into game. If he can throw you know, 80 to 90 pitches, I think that'll be enough for the Cardinals to say, mm-hmm. all right, we need you. We need you now before they start uh, falling too far behind here in the NL Central.
0: I hope, I ultimately hope so, um, as Reyes is certainly more talented than, than Genesis. Uh,
2: although, honestly, I can't tell you anything about Genesis Cabrera. He might be awesome for all I know, but
0: he has I can't a great tell you name. Anything. He does have a great name. Cool name, Thierry, for <laughs> cool sure, name theory for sure.
2: Absolutely. Um, what else here? Seeing here on his minor league profile that he uh, he has braces as well, so similar to Willie Calhoun. A big fan of the braces. Uh, he's got a six point three five ERA in the PCL this year, Greg, with a one point five six WHIP. So not great. Great name, not great production. Who would you rather have, Matt
0: Harold, uh, Harold Ramirez, or Josh Naylor?
3: Well, I don't know if Naylor can stay up on this team right now. Uh, he's a kid that impressed me in the uh, Arizona Four League. I think right now I gotta say Ramirez, which I think the kid's gonna play every day. Seems like he can hit for average. That's what he's done in the minors, and he seems to be hitting since he's been called up. Another guy I was looking at, you know, just putting do- put him on that dollar bid train I do every like Monday, Tuesday, just to have guys on a list for myself. So I would say, just for right now, the fact that I don't think knowledge stays. If I knew he was gonna get at bats, I do like the power of uh Nyland.
2: Yeah, I agree with that as well. Uh very narrowly missed his uh first major league home run yet against the Yankees yesterday. Uh so I'm interested in, in Josh Naylor hit for batting average in the minors hit two ninety nine this year with ten home runs as well. So I'm interested, but again, you know, after these two these next two games in Yankee Stadium, Greg, where is he gonna play? That's what it comes down to because he can't play the outfield. I mean, this is the big boy we're talking about. This is a DH. This is like Rowdy Telez all over again. And, you know, they have Eric Hosmer at first, so I I just don't see where he's going to play. I think it's smart for the Padres if they're thinking about, you know, maybe flipping him. They're showcasing him right now, and then they could trade him later on in the season. But... Uh, I, would got, I would have to go with Harold Ramirez right now and his 72.7% ground ball rate, although he is hitting three eighty one,
0: Harold Ramirez, seven straight games with a hit. Matt, we appreciate the time. and We'll follow you at CTN Baseball, listen to your podcast on The Athletic, and read everything you have to write.
3: Uh, always a guys.
0: I like the metal. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Chris Venture joins us next for hour number two of the BFFs.